welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzee. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzee, and today's episode is brought to you by NetHealth. And I am so excited because NetHealth is teaming up with Photo, which is focused on therapeutic outcomes for the Clinical Outcomes Summit. It's October 23rd to the 25th in Knoxville, Tennessee, and it's all about patients and their outcomes, specifically how great it is when your whole practice is rallied around a solid outcomes management program. So if you want to go and hear success stories and case studies from your peers about leveraging outcomes data for deep patient engagement, thoughtful business practices, clinician education, optimizing revenue, and more, Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast listeners get a steep discount on the registration. The full summit pass is only $150, so at that rate, you can bring like your entire office with you. So if you want to sign up, and I highly suggest you do, go to www.outcomesnerd.com and use the discount code LITZY, that's L-I-T-Z-Y. So hopefully we will be seeing you in Knoxville in October. Now on to today's episode. I'm really happy to welcome Dr. Megan Rigby onto the show. She is a doctorate-prepared GI nurse practitioner, certified nutrition consultant, IFBB figure pro, and owner of Macro Mini. She is passionate about educating others through her coaching as well as publicly speaking on topics surrounding food, fitness, and healthy mindset. Megan has helped hundreds of people experience great physical and overall lifestyle changes. She is on a mission to empower others to become healthier, happier versions of themselves while still enjoying food as one of life's simple pleasures. In 2018, Megan left a corporate position as a digestive nurse practitioner to open her own coaching business and has made over $400,000 within her first year. Megan has been featured in Oxygen and Strong magazines as a content creator along with appearances on News Channel 12. She has been recognized as a top industry leader within her community. So today, we talk with Megan about how she started her side hustle and when she she decided it was time to leave her corporate job and go all in on herself, the pros and cons of being an online entrepreneur, the importance of vulnerability and integrity on social media, and how to use social media for marketing and where that all fits into her overall business strategy. So a big thanks to Megan for coming on today's episode. And hopefully anyone out there who's a budding online entrepreneur will get a lot of great info from Megan in this episode. Hi, Dr. Megan Rigby. Welcome to the podcast. I am happy to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to do this with you today. Yeah. And so what we're going to do is we are going to talk about your sort of entrepreneurial journey, your business story, Mm -hmm. because uh, as I said in the intro for you, you are a doctorate prepared GI nurse practitioner and a nutritional consultant and a whole bunch of other stuff. (laughs) But um, 
they, something that I think the listeners of this podcast can relate to is there's a lot of healthcare workers, things like that, who are listening to this podcast who maybe have started their careers in a hospital and clinic, but want, maybe want something a little bit more. So I would love for you to kind of share your story of how you made that transition from, I love that you say you were like a corporate girl yeah. working in a hospital or clinic, but when you're in healthcare, that's kind of the equivalent. It so, is, it is. Yeah, so go ahead and tell us your story. How'd you do it? I never planned on being an entrepreneur, having my own business. That's just not something I ever saw in my future. When I graduated my grad program, I had focused on family and childhood obesity. It was my dissertation. I love health and nutrition. I think it's the preventative to a lot of healthcare. Um, So I always try to teach all of my clients that, but... I started to get frustrated a few years in just because working for corporate, you're kind of inside a box. Um, and I think there's a time and place for complementary medicine and modern medicine. And sometimes that can be hard when you're working for a hospital. And so I started having more and more people talking to me on the side about health and nutrition and fitness. And people would just start asking, hey, can you give me advice, give me tips, and I'll pay you. And so slowly, I started doing um, nutrition plans and education um, on the side. And over time, I was able to build it into an online business. I realized that my limitations that I have within the clinic um, are able to actually be kind of removed online. I get to spend more time with my clients, educate them, and truly provide a service that's unique to them. So with time, it took probably, I mean, two years. I was doing a lot of my own online stuff um, while working full-time in clinic. And then I gradually dropped down to more of a part-time position once I started picking up online. And then within the two years, I um, was actually able to make more than what I was making in clinic with the online business. And I transitioned over and I left uh, September 2018, and now I run my own company doing um, health, fitness, and nutrition. And I would imagine that there are pros and cons to this. So I'm just going to name one pro and one con, right? So the pro, obviously, you can probably help more people yes. if with online programs. Con would be, do you miss having that person sitting in front of you? I do. Um, I miss that. But the beautiful thing about online is you can still do Zoom calls face to face. Um, so there is still that where you can talk to them. So almost like a telehealth. Um, I would say one of my biggest cons is when I used to leave the clinic, it was kind of like my work was done. Like my charts were done. I was done seeing patients. Now um, I feel like I'm on a lot more. So my day doesn't end nine to five. I work a lot more around the clock, I feel like. And that's something I'm still trying to work on as a new entrepreneur. Yes, and that is absolutely true. I think a lot of people, when they think, I'll just start my own practice, they think you can leave it at the door when you leave, but you cannot. No, 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 no. It is always, you're always doing something. I Mm -hmm. mean, there are times like last night, it was midnight and I'm working. Yes, Yep. It never goes away because it's now your business. You're responsible for everyone you're taking care of and you're responsible for bringing more clients in. And so definitely you work, I think, a lot more being an entrepreneur, but at the same time you have more freedom, which is nice. Yeah. So you have a little more flexibility, you have a little more freedom. So there's pros and cons to all of this, Mm -hmm. but let's start. 
how, if you can get even a little more granular into your kind of transition from hospital to uh, on your own. So my mm-hmm. first question is, how did you have this conversation with your employer? That's a question I get asked all the time. Yeah. So I think you have to just be honest about it. And that was something that they knew that I loved the nutrition aspect of things. I love being able to teach and spend more time. Um, so when I went down to part-time, you know, I let them know that I was, you know, on my side, I was, you know, just educating and teaching people about nutrition and health. Um, and that was not going to interfere with my job. And I think that's the biggest thing. If, if you can, you know, let them know and reassure them that you're not letting that interfere with your work and how you come in every day and interact with your patients there. That, you know, helps them as well, as well as not, not ever taking any of the business's patients. Of course. Like, I think I, the, or we or, say that, of course, but maybe people do. I don't know. Yeah. And that was something where it's kind of drawing, you know, a line in the sand and making sure that both of the jobs stayed away from each other and they never came together. And I think that's something that a lot of people have to remember. Like I, I would love to have been able to work at work, but you can't do that. I mean, I came home at night and I, you know, saw my clients from online at night and there was no crossing that during the day at all when I was clocked in and I was being a nurse practitioner in the clinic. Yeah. And I think that's great advice. And it's just drawing clear boundaries for yourself and also being respectful of your employers. Yeah. Because in the end, if you decide to go back to a clinic, you need recommendations and burning bridges is not something you want to do because who knows? I mean, the venture that we have, or I have, it may, may die down one day and I do need to go back to the clinic. So I never want to slam that door shut because it's provided me so many opportunities. Absolutely. And I I remember when I left the physical therapy clinic I was working at, it was really hard to do because I really loved working there. Mm -hmm. But um, they now refer patients to me and I refer patients to them. Which is amazing. I love that. Right? So it's like, you don't want to burn those bridges because guess what? They can help you and you can help them. And I think that's so, so you, you want to really make this a win-win for everyone. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So you have this conversation with your employer, their understanding, you go down to part-time for you. What was, if you can describe kind of the hours worked in clinics, or were you down to like 20 hours a week or less? And, and obviously we know you're working then on, on the online part. But what was the breakdown for us? So they let me go to three and a half days a week, which was nice. Um, And so that was considered more of a part-time position um, there. So I worked Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then half day Thursday, and I was off Fridays. So I would make sure that all my check-ins and my main communication with my clients would be on the weekends. That worked best for me. So Thursdays, I would do all of my prep when I got off work. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, those were my days that I was really able to devote to the actual online business. And then evenings, whenever I you know, was able to after work, I would come in you know, home and I would do what I needed to do. But otherwise, it was a you know, 8.30 to 4.30, Monday through Thursday, half day. And since going completely on your own, do you give yourself a schedule? 
Because it must be kind of difficult, right? I try. I'm still struggling with that. Because I feel like it's hard to close the computer when there's still work to be done. And I always want to make sure that everyone is getting the, you know, service and communication that they deserve. And I think that just comes from being a healthcare professional that, you know, you want as much time, you know, devoted to each and every client. And so it can be hard to kind of turn that off when you feel like you still have unanswered questions or things going on. Yeah, there's no question. And again, that's where kind of setting boundaries for yourself comes in handy or Mm -hmm. making sure that, you know, you're, you have scheduled times that you're working even with online clients and that they know that. Yeah. That, that, cause not that they're taking advantage because I don't think they are, but if they, if you allow yourself to be available 24 seven, then guess what? People will take you up on that offer. Yeah. So it is, it's, creating boundaries too. Um, and that's what I have learned. It's been hard, but yeah, working, you know, maybe nine to like four and allowing lunch in there, um, is something that I'm striving to be more consistent with. Um, but it is nice because if you have appointments, you know, you can schedule those in and that's where the flexibility has been really good, but also drawing the line of when you kind of cut it off at night. Yeah, absolutely. And now how do you advertise How do you market yourself? So social media um, is kind of where it's all at, as exhausting as it can be. Um, I have, you know, my page, and that's where a lot of people find me. Um, Word of mouth has been the biggest thing, and that's, I value that the most. Um, I think if people can refer other people to me because they've had great experiences and outcomes, that's where I've actually gotten a lot of my clients. Uh, I don't really do a lot of paid Um, advertisement or anything right now. Like I said, it's just word of mouth and then making sure people who do follow me or start following me understand, you know, where I'm coming from and really being open and vulnerable on social media. So everyone kind of knows who I am and there's no hiding behind that. And what advice do you have for uh, the listeners on how to be vulnerable? Because that's hard. It is. It is really hard. Um, I think it's just to be true to you and stand by what you believe in and how you practice um, and provide honest, you know, education, advice, and share yourself, I think, with people has been the hardest thing because a lot of people will look up to healthcare professionals, you know, and think that they're maybe on a pedestal or something. And I think making yourself relatable is the most important thing because we're all human. And so we all have struggles um, as well. And I think putting those out there so people can relate to you is going to bring, you know, more clients in and more, you know, followers as well. Okay. So how do you make yourself more relatable? Because isn't social media supposed to be like, it's your highlight reel? We don't want to show people that we have any problems, right? And on that note, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and be right back with Megan's answer. Let's talk about something important patients and their outcomes. If you love to nerd out on this kind of talk like I do, the best industry event around outcomes management is happening from October 23rd to the 25th, and it's the Clinical Outcomes Summit. It's hosted by Photo, but it's not just for photo clients. It's a gathering of everyone who believes in the power of outcomes management to drive change for patients, clinicians, practices, and payers. And the best part, healthy, wealthy, and smart podcast listeners get a steep discount on the registration. The full summit pass is only $150. At that rate, go ahead and bring your entire team. 
Go to www.outcomesnerd.com and use the discount code LITZY. That's L-I-T-Z-Y. Hope to see you there. With me, it's uh, pretty easy with the nutrition and the fitness and health because I think, you know, as a female, we struggle with appearance. We struggle with, you know, day-to-day eating healthy, making the right choices, preparing food for our family. Um, so I, I can relate to a lot of that. You know, I've had my own insecurities and I'm not perfect every day with how I eat. There are days that I want to go to Dairy Queen and have a blizzard. Um, That's fair. Yeah. So I'm able to really relate to people on that spectrum. And then talking about, you know, different health issues that so many of us women struggle with and it can affect how we lose weight and really making sure that we stay on top of those. So whenever I talk about something, I try to draw in my past experiences with it. And I think that usually helps a lot. What would you tell people who maybe have these great stories and they know, like we know this is what you you should do to kind of get people to get to know you, like you, and mm-hmm. then eventually purchase from you, right? Mm-hmm. But what if you're scared to put yourself out there? Like how do you overcome that fear? I think you have to jump in with both feet. Like if you are truly passionate about starting a business, um, that's vulnerable in itself. And then putting yourself out there on social media, like you just have to realize that people are going to like love you or hate you. And as awful as that sounds, it's the truth. I mean, people are going to be drawn to you. So just jumping in and sharing it, whether it's just through writing at first. Um, I know a lot of people are camera shy, So sometimes I say like blogging at first is really good or just sharing it on your Instagram through words um, before going into any of the videos or anything like that. Um, Even, you know what, sharing it with your family sometimes too, because you can be vulnerable with them and getting feedback. Yeah, I think that's great advice, kind of sharing with friends and family or sharing within a trusted circle. Before, Um, because it's scary social media, putting yourself there. Totally. You're going to get judged. That's human nature, I feel like. So people will judge, but people also will be able to relate to you and they will like to hear that from you. And those are the people you want following you and interacting with you. Yeah. And do you have any sort of memorable comments or notes or things that people have uh, sent to you that have stood out because you've been a little bit more open? Yeah. So when I do stories, um, I try to talk about topics that have, you know, affected me recently. I usually always try to keep things um, kind of close to my heart. And so when people message me and say, oh my gosh, I needed this today. Um, it's been such a struggle. Like it, it's so nice to know someone else is out there going through it with me, or I appreciate the advice. Um, so those things always help to kind of reaffirm, like there are people listening and what I am saying is helping others. Um, so, you know, it makes me want to keep doing that more and more. Yeah. I love getting those notes. I think it's so cool. Um, and I always think to myself, gosh, you never know who's watching, reading, listening. You just don't know. Cause you're always, you're impacting someone. There's always someone out there watching and listening. Um, like you said, you, you never know. So if it's something you're passionate about and something you love and you want to be heard, then it's worth sharing. Absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. Now you're like, we, we've been talking about you're in that nutrition fitness uh, realm. Um, very crowded field. Every yeah. time you turn, so everywhere you look, someone is talking about nutrition, mm-hmm. fitness, whether that be good or bad, evidence-based or not, it's out there. 
Yes. It so is. what advice do you have to stand out amongst all this competition? Because I'm sure any, it can be um, applied to almost any industry. Mm -hmm. It can. I always say, be true to you. So whatever you believe, stay with that. It's so easy to get into the comparison game of, you know, what they're doing or, you know, this is the new trend, but you have to do your own research. You have to believe in what you believe in and talk about that. I think that's the most important. So many people in the fitness industry just jump from one trend to another. And so it's whatever the hottest topic is. And I think when it comes to, you know, this industry, you have to really stay true to the basics and what is science saying and what you believe in. Um, because if people hear it consistently and they can expect the same thing from you, which is the honest truth in what you believe in, they will trust you. It's the people who kind of jump all around that, you know, you kind of start to say, hey, wait, last week you were talking about this and that was the best thing there was. Um, so that's what I've, I've found is people, they expect the consistency from me and they know that I believe in what I'm talking about. Yeah, so not jumping on the bandwagon every time something comes out, but rather look at it critically. Oh, what was that? Instead of not comparing yourself, I think that derails a lot of us is when we start to look at what other people are doing in the same field and we feel like we need to mimic that or we need to jump on that. And I, that can be very distracting too. But it's so hard. It How so do you do it? It is so hard. I do my best actually not to follow a lot of people in my industry. Um, I'll follow the people who I think provide me motivation. But if there's anyone who evokes jealousy um, or, you know, kind of gets under my skin, I figure that's negative, you know, vibes and I don't need that. So I really try to just stay with the people who motivate me the most. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I think social media should be a positive outlet and it's so easy to make it negative. And I really try to avoid that. Yes. As a matter of fact, I'm part of a Oxford debate in a couple of weeks at a physical therapy conference. And the debate is, so the debate topic is social media. And it is, we believe that social media can be hazardous to the profession of physical therapy. Oh, wow. And, you know, people will argue in favor of that and against that. Mm -hmm. And if you can, it, that can easily go either way. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it's a tool. It is a tool. And it's not the tool, but it's the user. It is. It is. And it's how we allow ourselves to use social media. Yeah. How we show up. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I'm curious to hear how that goes. So I hope you talk about that. I will talk about that. Um, I'm curious to see how it goes too. I hope it goes well. I'm a little nervous about it, but I think it'll, it's supposed to be this like fun debate, like lively, fun and funny, mm -hmm. uh, but you still want to win the debate. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Um, okay. So is there anything else about kind of your entrepreneurial journey that you really want people to learn from? I think starting small. Um, and a lot of people, when they try to start a business, feel like they have to dump a ton of money into it. And I've learned that you don't. With starting small and using the skills that you have, you're actually able to start a business 
that may, you know, not be as profitable as you want in the beginning, but with time you can reinvest, you know, that money you make back into it without taking out such a huge loan in the beginning, especially when it comes to the online type of business. I think there's so much that we can do on our own before we have to really start spending money. And I think that's something that, you know, a lot of new entrepreneurs who are wanting to go, you know, the online business just have to remember that it doesn't take a ton of money to get up and going and get clients. It just takes, you know, the passion and the time and the knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. And I have one more question for you. It's a question that I ask everyone. And that is knowing where you are now in your life and in your business, what advice would you give yourself? Not to someone else, but what advice would you give to yourself at like the day you graduated and we'll say with your doctorate, why not? Cause yeah. you have like advanced degrees here. So let's go with the doctorate. What advice would you give to that gal? My advice would be to not change anything, to enjoy the ride and kind of allow it to take you where it's going to take you. Because there were times that I wondered, you know, why I was where I was and what I was doing and it all led me here. Mm. So I think the biggest thing is enjoy the ride. Um, so often we keep wishing the years away and if only I was here, if only I was there. Um, but every step and every moment you have is leading you to where you really need to be. Very nice. It's like, that sounded like Bran from Game of Thrones. (laughs) And that's not a spoiler or anything for anyone listening. If you haven't seen the finale, it's not a spoiler, but that's very wise. (laughs) That was was very Bran-like of you. Um, it was great. Um, now where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? They want to work with you. They want to follow you. Where can they go? Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm macro underscore mini. And then my uh, website is www.themacromini.com. Awesome. And just so in case you know, you don't have a pen and paper and you're not taking notes right now, like I am, um, you can go to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. We'll have all the links. One click will take you right to uh, all of Megan's info um, so that you can get to know her, like her, trust her and work with her. So Megan, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your journey. I think it will give a lot of people in healthcare a bit of a boost, maybe a little kick in the butt to, and the confidence to go out and kind of do what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure. This is a great conversation. And everyone who's out there listening, thanks so much. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. A big thank you to Megan for coming on to today's episode. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor for today's episode, NetHealth. So again, NetHealth wants you to learn more about outcomes management. And you can do so at the Clinical Outcomes Summit, October 23rd to the 25th in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's hosted by Photo, which is focused on therapeutic outcomes, but it's not just for photo clients. It's a gathering of everyone who believes in the power of outcomes management to drive change for patients, clinicians, practices, and payers. And Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast listeners get a steep discount. The full Summit Pass is only $150. All you have to do is go to www.outcomesnerd.com and use the discount code LITZY. 
Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.